Hi, I'm young and I'm 14. And I'm adult and I'm 24. And we're reading through Mistborn by Brandon Sanderson. Today we're reflecting back on uh, or recapping the entirety of part one of the book. I tried in the room all young and hip. Okay, so the very first line of the book is, sometimes I worry that I'm not the hero everyone thinks I am. Um, every chapter opens with these little snippets from another perspective, which we pretty quickly, uh, well, you pretty quickly, Young, uh, yep. deduced. <laughs> Him. We're probably supposed to be from the perspective of the Lord Ruler, the main antagonist, uh, although that hasn't actually been confirmed yet. I mean, it also kind of has been, though. It's been it's been pretty strongly hinted at, yeah. Yeah. Well, we haven't got outright confirmation, but we're fairly certain. Yeah, so this little intro snippet talks about him being a prophesied hero or something like that, um, which we initially assumed was the titular Mistborn. Uh, we, yeah. It, that, that's our, our first prediction to be proven false, I think. It wasn't even like an official prediction. It was just a we took it for granted kind of thing. Yeah, well, I think we did put on there somewhere. Uh, yeah, the, the Lord Ruler was the previous Mistborn. Uh, was was uh, pr- our fifth prediction and false. We we very quickly uh, found out that, you know, Mistborn yeah, is it, not a one. It does seem likely that he is a Mistborn, but Mistborns are not the chosen one the way we assumed. Yeah. Um, so this first chapter, we see... Basically, a slave plantation. Prologue, not chapter. Yes, the, this prologue uh, is all about a slave plantation, which is liberated by this guy called Kelsier, uh, yeah. who we predicted and soon found was correct that uh, he was going to be sort of a mentor figure. Well, you thought he was going to be the protagonist. That's true. I initially thought he was going to be the protagonist, which wasn't entirely wrong. He's there's. This book kind of it follows dual perspectives, yeah, at least so far. It's been going back and forth between Kelsier and someone called Vin, who we'll meet in a moment. Um, and this prologue, it's got at the at the top of the, the the first page is a symbol, which we didn't recognize for a symbol because it's just a single line. Uh, but it's not it's not the number one like it looks like. It's a stylized line. Yeah, it, it appears to be the first of a number of runes that we'll be seeing throughout this book. And after the prologue, we get into part one proper, which has a title. The Survivor of Hathson. Which is uh, the title of our hero, or one of our heroes, Kelsier. Yeah. Just, just thinking about this prologue. I mean, we have a fair amount of predictions for this prologue. Where we had a fair amount of predictions for this prologue. And I think we we did pretty well. Yeah, we had like five. Three got confirmed, one was proved false, and one has been very strongly hinted at, but there's been no confirmation. Yeah, we reckoned that the Lord Ruler probably has devastated the ecosystem of this world with his powers, uh, which does seem likely. Uh, with this world, as, as we see even in, this, in the prologue, uh, there's ash raining from the sky constantly. The the plants are dead. It's it's a wasteland. Yeah, it's just terrible. 
Everything in this world is just terrible, let's be honest. Mm. The ska are treated terribly. Should we talk about the ska? Yeah, so I mentioned this is, it's a slave plantation. Um, all the peasants in this world are the, this called ska. Oh yeah, we um, actually have a prediction for this. Uh, well, I think you spelt ska wrong in the prediction, but... Uh, ska are muggles. Uh, you know, semicolon, nobles, priests are alamancers. So, that was sort of right. Um, we learned that basically the, the the difference is that the, the Lord Ruler has blessed many of the nobles with this allomancy, the, the magic in this world. Or so says he. Or so he claims. Uh, uh, so many doubt it, and, and we're among them. Yeah, so it, the, it, the allomancers are allomancers, they're people with magic, and Ska are just the regular people, working class. Yeah, now not, not all nobles have it, but it, it's sort of their, their bloodlines. Uh, and we're told, we're told again in this prologue that any interbreeding between the two sort of castes is, is forbidden be- because it might produce uh, Ska with, with magical powers, such as so Kelsier. If it does happen, they, the Ska get killed. Yeah. Uh, so as not to, you know, produce children. Our next prediction, which was proved true, was that Kelsier would reappear, <laughs> which was really my fault that that even had to be put down, because I said that there was a character called Vin that was going to be the protagonist, which was something I thought I knew going into it, and I was right, but I was also wrong in thinking that Kelsier wouldn't be a point-of-view character, mm. and, which he is, for maybe a third or half of the story that we have so far. So, yeah, and that, that leads in perfectly to the other, the fourth prediction, which is that Kelsier will mentor the hero, which has been proved true. Took took up until the last couple chapters. He took a while to really start properly mentoring, yeah. Yeah, to start doing anything. And then the last prediction was that the Lord Ruler was the previous Mistborn. Yeah. Um, so, you fig- so you figured out immediately in the next chapter this, this whole thing that every chapter opens with the Lord Ruler quote. He says, uh, perhaps another person reading of my life would name me a religious tyrant. So that's a pretty big hint, admittedly. And in fact, after a few of these, you, start, you figured out that they're actually all one continuous narrative. Yeah, they seem to be, to me, almost like a diary entry or like a journal of mm. his thoughts just while he's visiting a place called Terrace, which we find out about in maybe chapter two, the snippet there. Um, so do you want to move on to chapter one? Uh, yeah, well, we, we spent all our predictions of chapter one either us getting stuff wrong, just guess, guessing wildly about what how Alamancy might work and just being wrong about everything, uh, and also just sort of talking about the, the technology level in the world. Yeah. It, because the predictions in chapter one aren't particularly interesting... Um, do you want to talk about... Yeah, so chap- just, chapter just one just, just happens. Yeah, chapter one just establishes Vin as our protagonist. She's a sort of a a, a poor thief. Uh, she works she, with a criminal she, gang. Yeah, she's she's in, in deep with the mob, uh, working off her debt. Um, being, Which has been left to her by get, her get, 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 backstabbing brother. Yeah, Reed. getting getting smacked around. It's not Vin's nice. life is not great. Yeah. Um, and we also learned that she has this sort of instinctive ability she calls luck, which is in fact pretty clearly Alamancy. Yeah. 
Now, we weren't sure, I don't think, I don't know if we had this as a prediction, we weren't sure if luck was actually a type of allomancy, or if it was just what she called it. Um, yeah, it it takes a long time for us to really... By the end of part one, we've pretty much got the rules of allomancy down, mostly. Um, but it takes a long time for us to get there. Yeah, it takes... For the first which, half which, of part which, one, yeah, which we really, don't get anything. Which really wore on us, I think. Uh, perhaps because we're, we've been reading it so slowly. Took us, took us a month to get through part one. Maybe over a month, even. Yeah. Well, t- if, you, if you take out the technical issues that caused a bit of a gap, it was probably only about a month. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's not too much to say about this. Uh, as, as, as the next couple of chapters go on, we, we see the, the gang that Vin is with start pulling a, a con on the, the government of this Lord Ruler who, who rules this final, the titular final empire. Uh, we see, in the, in, we saw in the runes at the beginning of the chapters a bit of a pattern. <laughs> yeah, we. <laughs> yes, you, you. Uh, yes, you figured out that on the map there's a, a compass rose with different runes in place of the different directions uh, and it's been moving around in a circle around them uh, so that the eight uh, chapters of part one are corresponding to the eight different directions on the compass. Interestingly though, uh, on the rune compass, it didn't start at north, it started at east or something? Or west, it started at the west rune, Mm. which was kind of strange and we're waiting until the beginning of part two to see whether it loops around over and over or whether we get new fancier runes or what's going on. Yeah, it, it's interesting. The, the prologue has its own rune, kind of. It's just a line. Um, the fact that we we learn over the course of this that there's eight alimatic metals kind of seems like it suggests that maybe those are the, that's what the eight runes are. It's the eight directions, but that could easily be a coincidence. We really don't know. To be honest, we don't even know that they're that they mean anything, and they're not just decoration. But yeah. if they are, they're decoration that this book has all over it. They're all over both of the maps. Uh, they're at the beginning of every chapter. Uh, there's some of them on at the beginning of the the part one sort of page as well. Yeah, I'm just reading the predictions for part two as you're talking. We we kind of had very few because I feel like part two was the longest chapter. Or that we had so far. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But, uh... Yeah, it's funny. The first yeah, one... Which, 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 which chapters generate more sort of stuff for us to talk about really, really vary. Yeah. We only had four, maybe five, four, chapter two. First of which being, Kelsier is not a misborn. Which was... Um... <laughs> <laughs> It didn't go great. Yeah, yeah. We were we were wondering if we we were suspecting. I think that he was able to use a few metals, but not all of them. Uh, that's apparently not even a thing. Uh, yeah. w- it would would have been an interesting way to to vary up the powers because you know the way the way it seems to work is you've got eight different powers and then uh, well ten or eleven, but mostly eight, and then you've got the Mistborns who have all of them. Uh, I've compared it to Avatar a lot. Yeah, what's interesting is we split this prediction in two, with the first part being Kelsier is not a full Mistborn, and the second part being Kelsier is limited to the basic Alimantic Metals. <laughs> which, of which was true, yeah. Yeah, I mean, 
chapter two so far is just the worst for, you know, getting trashed with our predictions. More than half of them were proved wrong. But it's just, it was an interesting thought that, you know, because we know now, I don't know how early we learnt this, that there's eight basic elementic metals, and then, as well as that, there's two higher or rarer, maybe more powerful, we're not sure yet, uh, elementic metals. And we find out later about the 11th metal. But it's an interesting idea that there would be like a half Mistborn who could only use the eight basic, but not the two higher. Yeah, it it would... Maybe it would vary things up. Maybe it would overcomplicate things. Um, yeah. I suppose even, even Avatar did have, like, variations on the different types of bending. Yeah, that's true. There was, like, uh, blood but then, bending But then Avatar only started out with four elements, so... That's yeah. even more restricted. Um, it's, it's interesting, because in a way, the magic system, when we got it explained, or mostly explained, didn't feel that complicated. Yeah. It, but at the same time, it's, it is complicated. Well, yes, I suppose we that, got that's, why a lot. that's why it's spread out so much, I suppose. They, they, Bandit doesn't want to hit us with too much information overload. Um, so chapter three, we're introduced to the Steel Inquisitors, who I think had been hinted at a little bit before, but this is where we, we see one for the first and thus far only time, and they're these... Hang on, hang well, on. We don't really know what, what, what they are or do. But. Hang on, I want to talk about one last prediction from Chapter 2 oh, yeah? before we move on. Uh, it's that the Lord Ruler was a chosen one who was intended to save the world, right? Yeah. That came out true, but then we also had the trilogy is about killing the Lord Ruler. He won't die in this book, which I feel like in a later prediction, I completely throw out the window in some yes i'm not sure when we some of our predictions are basically the opposite of each other so <laughs> we, it, we're kind of guaranteed a 50 50 yeah. chance there but i i'm not sure when i came up with it but there was a prediction that was basically the complete contradicting completely contradicted that one i think this was your idea and then yeah, I think the other one was my idea so i think much later one of us suggested that the book will end with them killing the Lord Ruler. That was me. Um, or yes, yes, I remember now. Yes, you, I you, had kind th- of a... this, this was this wasn't until a fair bit later. But yes, you you were suggesting that uh, they'll kill or at least defeat the Lord Ruler, and then the rest of the series will continue without him. Yeah, I don't think that he's going to be the big bad. That's. Yeah. I don't know who is. I didn't. I didn't go that far with my predicting this early into the book, but. I'm not, I I decided that I didn't feel like the Lord Ruler was going to be the big bad of the whole... I suppose it's possible that it's this deepness we've heard referenced as something terrible that the Lord Ruler defeated. Or, or so did it he seems. defeat it? So maybe, it seems. Maybe he used it. Who knows? Uh, yeah, so, okay, sorry. Moving into Chapter 3. Uh, yeah, so basically, just... Uh, they continue with their scam, and they encounter... Uh, or rather, Kelsier encounters a Steel Inquisitor. We don't learn too much about them. They've got these very striking look they've got steel bolts through their eyes um we, they can sense alamancy which is one of the the basic alamancy powers as we eventually learn a, a seeker um but we don't really learn what their deal is we all we know is that they're so powerful that kelsier a guy who can do every single type of magic this world has that we know of is not confident about taking one on yeah we had a a good prediction for the Steel Inquisitors. 
which is still pending because we we have learned a little bit more about them, but we haven't kind of yeah we're thinking about Mistborn. Them. But Probably. the idea was that they were still Inquisitors and Mistborn. I kind of wish we had just said Almancers because that would have covered all the bases, but we had Mistborn down, so... Yeah, there were, there we were, were probably other possibilities that, that we could have put down there, there, but... I'd say we were kind of 50-50 yeah, right this I, so I think, far. I think we're probably... I'm feeling more confident in this with the revelation that they are using traditional Alamancy to locate their targets. Yeah. Uh, also, the fact that they can act while having big bits of metal through their heads is suggestive of two of the other powers. Uh, the tin eye, which enhances your senses and would let them perceive without having eyes. And also the uh, the pewter power makes you physically tougher and stronger. So maybe that's what would help might, them survive. Might, yeah, it might allow them to survive. Giant metal spikes shoved through their brains. Potentially, we don't know. Yeah. So, to be honest, at this point, I've mostly forgotten what individual chapters were about until the later ones. So I don't remember what happened in chapter three. Uh, well, chapter I feel three like it was has Kelsey. I, I believe uh, it was Kelsier talking to Vin, wasn't it? Yeah, Kel- Kelsier strides in, takes over the gang, uh, and raises Vin up to to his right hand, basically. Yeah, and tells her that she's a misborn. Which is where we were completely kind of, kind of destroyed at the idea that there was only one Mistborn. Yeah, Re- really threw us for a loop there. Yeah. Um. So yeah, then then we get, we start to learn about what Kelsier's plan is because Kelsier has his own uh, scheme going on, but his is a bit grander than just robbing the government of some money he plans to rob them of the entire empire pretty much or at least he wants a, spe- a spe- specific special medal but in the in the course of getting it he plans to overthrow the entire government the lord ruler has a ring of special metal that he burns um that's yes so uh wow. yes that, that I, was I also- forced you to write that down because you came up with a terrible prediction yeah, I think uh, there was I, a bet I, on that. But yes, I, be- I believe we we had a, a small bet. So if it comes true, I'll get something. <laughs> yeah, for some reason we started get, comparing it. I'll get to, the bragging rights at the very least. We started c- comparing stuff to Lord of the Rings. Well, it's this this whole story is pretty openly drawing on Lord of the Rings. The idea it's 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 the premise is what if the Dark Lord won? That's yeah, I mean Brandon Sanderson talks about how it was while he was watching Lord of the Rings that he actually thought of this part of this. You know, he was like. Okay, what if Frodo got to Mount Doom and Sauron was just like, oh, thanks for that ring, must have been tough, and just killed him. Mm. But he felt that yeah. Now look, that would be a bad story. I don't, I don't really think that it's literally a ring, um, but we, we put it down just, just because if it does come true, it'll be uh, a big, big surprise. Um, yeah, we've got like a one euro bet on that or something, so yeah. it's nothing. I think it, I think it was five euros or something. Yeah. The, we can listen back and check later if we want. But the the parallels to Lord of the Rings, I mean, this this whole land is got, it's covered in ash from volcanoes. Hmm. Um, which, yeah, is, is very Mordor-esque. Yeah, it's this very kind of barren wastelanded kind of... I mean, it's funny, I always got the impression from Lord of the Rings that 
you know, there's the Shire, right? And sure. then there's Rivendell. And then there's, like, the Dwarven Kingdoms. It's very kind of separated. Like, and scattered. You mean that most of the land isn't inhabited? Yeah. Yeah, that's it's, true. It's, it's curious. It, you get that in a lot of fantasy stories. Yeah, it's just kind of very scattered civilization. Yeah, whereas, in fairness, this, this story doesn't do that. No, it seems pretty, that there are a lot of towns and pretty stuff. Pretty inhabited. Uh, when, where there aren't towns, there seem to be plantations, which is not nice, but there we go. Yeah. Yeah. I do I do like the kind of gritty fantasy stuff that, you know, doesn't have this nice world with fairies and stuff, you know, like a kid's book would have. It's more... Gritty. Yeah, so stuff. over the course of the next few chapters, uh, we're introduced to Kelsier's various friends, who are all pretty, pretty distinctive characters. Each with, you know, he's, he's got a whole team of all the different medals, basically. Yeah. Uh, was chapter four the the first meeting chapter? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So that's. Should, yes. we, should we talk about the characters then? Uh, yes, and chap- chapter four is is the, is the first meeting, and w- one of the the members, clubs, whose power is that he is a a smoker. He can suppress alamancy from affecting him, and he can suppre- prote- prevent it from detecting anyone in, around him. Um, yeah, which so, is, which uh, he, he burns copper. We don't learn all this immediately, but uh, he storms out. He's he's not in- he's not interested in the plan. And it's, you, it's it's funny you say that. Um, that we didn't learn it all immediately. In a way, we did. There were some subtle <laughs> okay. hints. Yeah, you're right. It would be perhaps accurate to say that we didn't comprehend it immediately. We were very confused by some of the descriptions. Yeah, there but... was... It wasn't even that. It was uh, Club's talks about copper or no copper. Yeah. Which we misread we, initially. We, yes, so. we, we thought that he was saying that copper was what... Another character was for, burning, which yes, we'll, we'll uh, get to in a minute. Yeah, so there's there are animatic powers that let you inflame or calm emotions, um, which is what Vin has been using and calling luck. Yeah. Now, yes, we thought that Clubs was saying that whether or not someone is using copper against him, he doesn't trust people who can do it because they tend to be manipulative. Uh, in reality, of course, he was actually saying that he can use copper to protect himself, but he still doesn't trust soothers. Yeah. So. He does, Clubs storms out of the meeting. He comes back next chapter. And he does come back, which was its own prediction. Yeah, you, you quite rightly immediately went, well, this guy got a ton of description. There's no way he's, he's just going to leave and not come back. I took it from more of a writing perspective than a, you know, a, a reading perspective and decided that if someone's going to spend the time thinking up this character... I mean, I'm sure there are authors who would use it as a kind of a red herring, but... Uh, I decided that he got his own fairly distinctive description, which I d- I thought was I think he's kind of in my mind he's kind of reminiscent of Mad Eye Moody or someone, mm. you know, kind of gnarled and twisted and yeah, battle worn maybe. Yeah, he seems to be the oldest member. Yeah, so he did come back, and um, we'll talk about the characters and then maybe talk about what Kelsier discussed before moving on. Sure. Do you want to do you want to run through all the different members? Right. So there was 
Breeze, who I think is the first one we met, and he, we find out later that he's a soother. Yeah. So he calms people down or manipulates them. Yeah, he, it sort of he mostly seems manipulates to make, It makes them. them suggestible, it seems. Yeah. While he could use it to just calm people down, he mostly uses it to try and... It, it, it calms their suspicion and their resistance. Yeah. Which he uses on Vin, and she kind of cops, but she's not 100% uh, certain. So Breeze is this kind of, I don't know, fancy-looking... Kind of noble-ish yeah, he, looking guy. He enjoys he enjoys his power. He, it, it, we're not totally certain whether these powers are inherently related to personality, but it definitely seems like there's a, there are correlations. Yeah, like he's quite a manipulative kind of take stuff to his advantage kind of person. What one could maybe say that uh, clubs it, who has a very defensive power. Sort of his 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 is a bit sort of wary and paranoid. Yeah. Well, so is Vin, and I mean, but Vin is everything. So yeah, um, that makes sense. Where we hear that a lot of people who burn pewter and are, are superhumanly strong and tough tend to be sort of thuggish, and that's why they're known as thugs. Yeah. So Breeze is this slick, smooth, uh, seemingly nice, but I I don't know. I'm I'm a little uncertain about him. Uh, guy who's wearing nice clothes and uh, is a soother and he comes in with his friend Ham short for Hammond who is a thug he burns pewter I've got to be honest I'm not 100% on all these names even even now yeah I'm I think I'm decent doing well with the names I, I know I'm not getting them wrong they, they, are, they are quite well described and differentiated yeah so. Hammond, I'm just going to call him Ham, let's be honest. Uh, Ham is described as kind of military-looking, I think. You know, with the short kind of cropped hair and the stiff mm, posture. Yeah, he is. Uh, and like I said, he's a thug, so he burns pewter. Uh, Kelsier later describes him as the exception to the That's true. The Kelsier, thug Kelsier says he's, he's less thuggish than most thugs. That, that's why they're called thugs. Peter allows them to be strong, and but he's, they're usually the brutish. He's type. still described as you know he's he's muscular. He's, he's he looks like he looks like a soldier. In fact, Vin just calls him the soldier for a fair bit of their first meeting. Yeah, uh, we also meet Yeden, uh, who is not an Alamancer at all. He's the client, technically. He's we're not a hundred percent sure, kind of, if he's really the client. Well, it, yeah, it seems like Kelsier is, is sort of him. leading him along, but uh, he's the re- leader of the weak and ineffectual rebellion against the Lord Ruler. Yeah, the Ska Rebellion, as it's called. Um, do we meet anyone else? I've already forgotten. Um, I feel like that's everyone. There's I been, guess that's and then, everyone. Oh, there's... um, You know, what's the guy... He's Kelsier's, like, sidekick friend. Oh, that's true. Dachshund. Dachshund, yeah. There's Dachshund. Um, but he's not an Alamancer. He's, he's not an Alamancer he's, he's either. Just, he's just some guy. He's just a, a criminal who's very nice and works with Kelsier. He's, like, his friend. He, I think he seems he's, his job is to be the guy who Kelsier can explain stuff to or who explains stuff to Kelsier. Yeah. Uh, so, so in, <laughs> in front of Vin. Vin is 
the typical student p- character who we get to learn a lot of the stuff through. Yeah. But even then, sometimes... The everyman we're, is sort of new to this world, yeah. Yeah, we'll get stuff taught to Kelsier or to other characters. Um, and uh, arguably, there's one final member, although he is not entirely part of the group anymore, is Marsh, Kelsier's brother, who... We meet later. Yeah, we meet later. We, we so eventually, we'll talk about eventually him eventually then, learn. Well, yeah, uh, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, do you want to quickly run through the plan? Uh, yeah, okay. It's well, very basic in this chapter. Yeah, and even as things go along, it, it stays somewhat sketchy. Uh, the, their plan is that they're going to cause chaos and draw away the Lord Ruler's forces all the various forces that would support him from the military to the the nobles who have their own armies um and then they're going to take over uh including either killing or drawing away the lord ruler himself who's extremely powerful it seems although not too much is is known to us about him yet he's worshipped as some kind of god um and they have or Kelsier has uh, a fake noble called Lord Reno, who, uh, well, what is Lord Reno's role exactly? He's the rich uh, noble aristocrat from far away who has moved into the nearby and much nicer city or town of Felice. Uh, and he plans on building himself a keep in Lutherdale so that he can become high nobility and he, the stuff t- about his plan is added on later but he's the guy that they can use to spy on the nobles yeah that's his, how I describe him that's I, I guess that's right his his role seems but he can't spy too directly because uh, apparently if steel inquisitors get too close to him they'll be able to figure out what he's doing somehow he's that he's an imposter yeah we don't we don't know what the deal with that is yet but we don't we didn't have a prediction just yet uh do you want to run through the predictions for chapter 4? Because I was just reading through them there, and we have some really interesting ones. Oh, um, well, we don't need to read through every single prediction we've made, but... Yeah, uh, uh, okay, let's touch and on a lot, some. A lot, of these, a lot of these turn out to be false. Things like, uh, I thought that maybe smokers, who are the ones that can hide themselves, maybe they were hiding themselves using mist. <laughs> they were the ones responsible yeah. for all the mist everywhere. But you, but you weren't wrong. Uh, smokers do hide people. So. Well... Yeah, you I think, were just completely I think, wrong. About I think the that method. was that was made pretty clear in the chapter. I just they use a copper. A, cloud, I just had an idea for how they do it. Yes, an uh, invisible copper cloud. Yeah. We also had uh, well, right there is the prediction that we were talking about. The Lord Ruler is not the main villain of the first trilogy, mm. which is my prediction, and is obviously still pending. Uh, and then we had Kelsier received his scars while being arrested, which we we really haven't gotten anything more on. Oh, yes, this was also the chapter where I confidently predicted that mist rates are not real, whereas you pre- said you thought they probably were real, if not necessarily hostile. I got every part of it right. Yes. Um, <laughs> so we've been hearing about these mist rates since the first chapter as a myth, and in this chapter, again, they're dismissed as a myth. In fact, somebody, I think, I think this, chap- this is a chapter where someone suggests that Kelsier might secretly be a mist wraith. Which doesn't seem to be the case, but in retrospect, it was really silly of me to say that a myth in a fantasy story was was false. Whenever somebody yeah. goes, 
oh, the forest, that's just a bunch of old wives' tales. That's not real. You know, th this stuff's always tr secretly true. Yeah. Um, it's funny. Scars in stories, people always seem to like, you know, they, they have this connection with their scars. You know, Harry and Harry Potter is always touching his scar. In fairness to him, his scar burns. But Kelsier scratches his scars. Uh, Whenever topics related to them yeah, come and up. And yeah. in other stories, you often find characters, protagonists, you know, touching their scars or itching their scars or staring at their scars because of all the memories connected with them. I mean... In, in fairness... I don't know. You know, if you've got a scar on your shin from one time you tripped and hit your knee on a rock, you're not going to be thinking, oh man, that rock... I will have my revenge one day, and the, your scar starts itching. Like, I, it could be that that is how scars work. I just wouldn't know. I don't have any scars that were inflicted on me by my mortal enemies. Well, I got hit with a machete, and I don't itch my scar going, oh, I'm going to kill my brother because he accidentally hit me with his machete. I'll get that machete one day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Are you sure? That's the other arm. <laughs> I'm just going to... There it is. It's really fading now. Yeah, we started talking about it, and now you're touching your scar. I'm not touching my scar. Look at it. it was, Look at it. My hand is nowhere it, near it. It's, it's true. Look. There's my scar. There's my hand. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, people. Um, getting back to the, the stuff. Yeah, so I was right about Miss Wraith. You were wrong. Yeah. Uh, does that bring us to the end of the chapter four? To be honest... That pretty much brings us to the end of chapter six. I mean, but these. Oh, we haven't talked about chapter cha five. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You're right. Um, I don't remember. A, a about lot of five. a lot of these pl planning sessions kind of blur together, which is, is why I'm saying it, it almost brings us to the end of chapter six. Um, mm. There's a gap in there somewhere where Kelser goes off and robs a castle for some that is chapter five isn't rare it? magical metal. Um, That's the entirety of chapter five. That's basically all that happens in Chapter 5, I think. I'm trying to see. We, well, we don't have any... Yeah, we, we have basically no predictions down for Chapter 5. So, yes, that must be when it happened, because <laughs> it, the whole... Most of the chapter is one long action scene, basically. I, an action scene that I had problems with, but that's not really related to the story, so I won't bother talking about it. Um, uh, we may as well bring that up again. I, I enjoyed that whole chapter. It... it it was the first chapter to really show off like creative applications of the magic. Yeah, I liked the way the magic was used, but I got really frustrated with the actual fight scenes. Especially the way Kelsier is struggling to fight some guys. Uh, which Now, I would put this down initially to overconfidence, but later to just stupidity, really. He starts off, and there's like eight guys. He's like, I can totally beat them. Starts fighting them, takes pages and pages to defeat, like, the first five. Getting beaten with six a bit in the process. Yeah, and then in the end, he's like, oh yeah, I'm an Alamancer, and just, in one page, kills the last three guys. Yeah, well, in fact, he was he was using Alamancy the whole time, but what he suddenly re remembers is that um, there's, there's one kind of Alamancy that lets you pull metal towards you, one that lets you fling it away from you. And So if you've mastered it well enough, it's basically telekinesis. Yeah, by combining them, you basically have almost perfect telekinesis over metal. You can't move things sort of sideways, but he's able to, to pretty easily just take a, a single... He picks up a, a silver paperweight or inkwell or something. Paperweight, I think, yeah. And, yeah, he just 
blasted at them, killing like killing one instantly, summons it back, blasts it, it and the yeah. entire fight is over in a paragraph. Now then more guys come in, but it's it's, he, it's irritating that he didn't just do that in the first place. Yeah, it does seem odd that he's uh, underusing what he he refers to later as the most powerful of the Mistborn's abilities. Yeah. So that's basically the entire chapter. Kelsier goes off, breaks into a keep, steals some metal, kills some guys. Uh, that's the end of the chapter. But we did have a couple of predictions. So the first prediction was there will be new metals beyond the 11th introduced. Which I think was me being I mean, like, be. we have no confirmation or anything really. Yeah, on that. I imagine this is one that will take a good while to get any payoff for if we do it all. Yeah. Uh, the other prediction was just that clubs is a metal worker, which was based on my continuing misconceptions about what a smoker might be. I was saying maybe they're pyrokinetic or they're creating smoke. They're literally creating smoke. He's actually a carpenter. Yep. Which so. does not have any connection at all to his powers. It's just happens to be what he does. It's just what he's good at, I guess. I mean, he doesn't. It's not even really what he does. It's his. It's the front that he he puts up to to, to you know provide a base of operations. Yeah, and then we had burning pewter doesn't make you any stronger or tougher, which we have done is half true because you can flare, but yeah, we we later learn that basically all these powers. Have a base level, yeah, or at least most of them. Um, yeah, you ha- you have sort of a, a basic. It, it, no matter how much of metal you consume, and it has, we later learn it has to be uh, special, chemically pure metals. So really, they're all just drinking little swigs out of out of bottles all the time with metal shavings in in them, which <laughs> find kind of kind of makes later. them all pretty much indistinguishable in terms of metal. Yeah. So, chapter 6 was a very full chapter, as far as predictions went, because we have, like, 15 predictions for chapter 6. Yeah, well, we do. um, There's a lot. Yeah, chapter 6 is where we learn about Lord Reno. Um, Chapter 6 is the... The the little snippet at the beginning of chapter 6 first mentions something called the deepness as uh, the the opening snippet writer's uh, destiny is to defeat something called the deepness... Yeah. So chapter uh, six, we, we've got we've got like a dozen different predictions of different theories about how um, stuff happens. Well, how the shit? What what's the deal with this imposter that has been set up, Lord Reno? Yeah. Um, chapter six is basically just the planning session. Like, chapter six is where we get the plan laid out for us. Hmm. Still not as in-depth as, you know, probably like, but uh, do you want to talk about the plan? Well, we, we've already pretty much laid it all out. I mean, there's yeah, there's I not mean, too much more to add. Uh, I guess the only thing is that Ben comes up with the idea to attack uh, an ATM mine, which is this super rare magical metal, um, but it's also a secret. It's so. one of the higher two. Yeah, we don't um, know what the other one is though. So yeah, there's still one we don't know. We'll we'll, we'll, we, go, we'll go over all the medals in a minute. I, I think. think we've kind of predicted that it was gold. It's going to be gold. Um, yeah, we've said. Well, I, I I keep saying that when you say higher medals, I think gold and silver. So, and, uh, ADM is the fact that there's only one left means it's got it, it. It either I mean it could be it could be a made up metal we don't know about. As um, ADM is, it's it could be either gold or silver. 
Um, we just don't know. Yeah. So, man, there's a lot of stuff, sir. Um, yeah, we meet a guy called, you know, Club's nephew, who has the weird, the weird accent. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's 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 been around a little bit for a while, but he he doesn't really matter that much. He has a crush on Vin. That's that's really all we learn yeah, about. It's him. funny. We have we just had a prediction. Club's nephew will be a reoccurring character. Which two chapters later has been neither confirmed nor denied because yep. we've basically not been back in Club's shop really for the last two chapters. Yeah, and uh, the fu- the final two chapters consist of a lesson, the first lesson that Kelsier gives to Vin, where he lays out most of the magic system that we hadn't already guessed at, and much of it that we had already been told, um, and just trains her up a little bit. And the, le- the lesson ends with them traveling to meet Lord Reno. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Have you finished it? Like, I'm still reading some of the ones from Chapter 6. Yeah, well, we had, we had a lot of predictions in Chapter 6. But, yeah, I mean, all, as I said, most of them are just various theories about how the shape-shifting might work. Yeah, or whatev- we, whatever it is that's been done to produce this imposter. Because... Uh, we we get these hints that there's something unsavory or weird going on around this imposter, Lord Reno. We still don't know what it is yet. Yeah, but we for the first time touched on the, you know, uh, shape shifting metals ideas. Uh, yeah, we it could it, we, and the face stealing theories, which you really yes. went into detail about in <laughs> the episode where we talked about chapter eight. Yeah, so. We know that there's these misrates. Uh, one of them briefly shows up in chapter eight, on on uh, as they're traveling. Uh, we keep hearing that people believe they can steal people's faces and sort of take on their identities. And the one we see is sort of a blobby, shape-shifting creature that has taken on body. It's, it's imitated various body parts of different things, albeit in sort of a misty, translucent state. And we're told that that one is, is, is young and inexperienced with its powers. So so there was a lot of theories going on. Yeah. In, My uh, personal belief is that it's likely that Lord Reno is a more advanced mistwraith. Um, who stole someone's face. Yeah, the, the details remain un- unclear. And oh, well, we, we know it's something that would disturb Eden, the Scout Rebellion leader, but <laughs> that could be anything, really. Yeah, I mean, your theories alone kind of creep me out. They don't really disgust me, but the idea of just yeah, kind you're, of you're, taking you're not away. a fan of the mist race. I mean, look, my 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 theories, like my theories are not even theories. Like the the fact it's just objective fact that what mist rates do is they eat body parts and then shape themselves to mimic them by sort of tasting them, yeah, and learning how they how they work. But the idea that they would take off someone's face. And wear it as a suit, you know. Yeah, and we've been well. Yes, we've we've been throwing that around for, for a while as a possibility because it's just sort of it seems like it seems like sort of the obvious way to make shapeshifting disturbing. Basically, you might you might be wrong because um, you know, Ed Jean, the the killer guy. Yeah, who I'm going to bring up over and over again. Every every time you bring up face stealing, I'm going to bring up Ed Jean. Yeah. Well, if you go onto a Wikipedia page, it lists the times he's influenced uh, media and 
stuff. You know, it talks about uh, his influence on stuff like Psycho and Silence of the Lambs. Sure. Mistborn was not listed. Okay, but that's <laughs> that's not sh- that's not shape shifting. I'm I'm talking more about things like the Slovene from Doctor Who, who can actually, or you know, there's there's a lot of different s- creatures that can put on another person's skin or take off their own skin in the in, in, in the case of transforming. That's just a common thing. I mean, you you ever heard the term skinwalker? Nope. That's uh, a Native American term for a sort of an evil shape shifting. Uh, they're often compared to werewolves. They're sort of evil shape-shifting wizards or spirits. Uh, I, <laughs> I can't go into too much detail because uh, I'll be crucified by, <laughs> by people who know more about it than me. But if you think like a werewolf or a vampire, you know, sort of, a, a, you wouldn't go too far wrong. Yeah. It's just, you know, we've met one mistrace, and it's a ten-foot-wide blob of gunky body part filled transparent goop yeah it, it that does run against the idea that misfrates are actually able to steal people's faces that's true like it was ridiculous enough when the Slovene stole someone's body but a 10 foot wide mound mm. on the other hand they are shapeshifters so it's possible that they can look I'm sure we'll down. find out and we'll have long we'll have a long session of someone laughing at the other person <laughs> like we often do but um I don't know I'd I don't find that prediction likely. Okay, so that's, as I said, that's pretty much it. That's um, it, that's it story-wise. Yeah, that's all the way from the prologue to chapter 8, uh, which you as, as good listeners have all read already, of course. Yeah, uh, I forgot to mention <laughs> that. <laughs> um, I think w- at this point maybe we should talk about the magic system, which we've been glossing over a little bit in, in yeah. our descriptions. So, the magic system, as we know it so far, is reasonably simple. There are eight basic metals, plus a few others which haven't been really explained. Um, These eight metals are divided into four pairs, each of which has an effect referred to as pulling or pushing, which is in some way opposite to the other. Um, Iron and steel are... They have the ability to move metal, so iron can pull metal towards you, or pull you towards metal if uh, the metal is heavy enough, um, and steel pushes it away from you. Simple enough. Um, but this, but this, and this is the one that so far we've seen the most sort of clever use of. It's the most. It's it's one of the more flexible powers, and it's definitely the most kind of visual power. Yeah, that we're told that there's like a blue line between your body and the metal that only you can see and it varies within the, the sort of the strength of the connection based on how big the metal is and how close you are to it and it lets them do all sorts of things like by, by pushing away from a piece of metal sitting on the ground they can throw themselves into the air that sort of thing so we get we get like super jumps and padded landings uh, you know like, like we talked about earlier the kind of telekinesis if you can apply it yeah but you, if you're skilled enough to apply fling it. metal away pull it back towards them uh, and use, use it as projectiles in that way. Yeah. So, uh, the next pair is the body pair. Um, tin. We're told that it, it pulls on the body. This doesn't really make any sense. Uh, but what it, what it really does is it sharpens your senses and possibly to a degree your mind. Uh, it seems to sort of give you some clarity. 
Yeah, it's it yeah, just gives, like you it said, gives trapping it, senses. It gives you super senses um, with the with the weakness that loud noises and bright lights can be painful to you. Yeah, it's Simple like enough. you know if you were wearing night vision goggles and you walked out into a sunny day. Yeah, presumably strong smells and so on could have the same effect. Um, yeah, and its opposite is pewter, which. Uh, for those who don't know, is an, an alloy of tin and lead and sometimes other things, but in this specifically tin and lead. And it allows you to, to push your body, which by which they mean sort of push it harder. You can you can lift heavier weights, you, you hit harder, you can endure more punishment. Yeah, you know, you're pushing your body physically to yeah. the boundaries of what you can do. I guess. As a human. And to a degree, it also seems to let you keep going when you're injured. Um, we 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 get we get references to Kelsier worrying that he's going to collapse when he stops burning it, because he's been injured. Although we don't actually, he doesn't seem that he doesn't seem particularly injured later on. So who knows? Maybe it lets you heal faster. That that hasn't been established. Yeah, the next pair is bronze and copper. Uh, bronze being, for those who don't know, an alloy of copper and tin. Um, all of these pairs are a metal and then an alloy of that metal. Really? Yeah. So uh, well, sort of. If you count steel as an alloy of iron, because it's iron with some carbon in it. Science, everybody. Um, yeah, so bronze allows you to sense allomancy. These are the seekers. Yeah, and this <laughs> brings us to one of the things that we've kind of discussed as a potential flaw of this system, which is that is not a good power. Yeah, some of these powers, uh, standalone powers, you know, if you're not a Mistborn, are not good. Yeah, now look, we we may be shown up, maybe we'll, maybe Brandon Sanderson has some incredibly clever applications of that power that we'll see, but I can't think what they could be. It's, you know, it's fine, but it's, as, the fact that there's a whole bunch of people who have just that power, including, it seems like Marsh, um, those poor guys... Yeah, not uh, not the best thing you could have landed with. Mm. And then you have copper, which is also uh, just not great. Yeah, so copper, as we dis- as we discuss, is... Hide- the ability to hide allomancy from yeah. seekers, I guess. Yeah, it lets you hide allomancy from seekers and nobody else, because nobody else can detect it. And it lets you personally resist the mental the allomancy powers, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, again... This is a power which has no use unless there's other Alamanches nearby, and even if there are, it's not that useful. So, yeah. But I, I guess this, this this pair, they're powers that kind of have to exist, you know? <laughs> like, if there was no way to detect Alamancy, it might become too powerful. And if there was no way to prevent people from detecting your Alamancy, it would be too weak. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but it, it does leave us with this sort of awkward pair that don't seem particularly useful on their own. Yeah, now it's funny, because before we knew about uh, Seekers, we put down predictions of some people being Mistborns. Like, we thought that all Steel Inquisitors were probably Mistborns, and we thought that Marsh was a Mistborn. Yes. Now, um, we haven't got total confirmation or anything on whether the Steel Inquisitors are Mistborn or just Seekers. Kelsier does talk about them being Seekers. Yeah, Kelsier seems to think that they're just Seekers, but it also seems clear that they have other powers, so... Yeah, we're not 100% sure what's going on with that. Um, presumably they're... They're Mistborn, 
they are probably Mistborn. It says it does seem pretty likely at this point. Uh, if anything, they're probably the closest thing the Lord Ruler has to this secret group of Mistborn that he uses as ninjas. Yeah, but to be fair, I've said things much more confidently than that in this podcast that have turned out to be wrong. So <laughs> they may well not be Mistborn. Yeah. Whereas Marsh has been basically just outright. We've been told that he's yeah. Marsh just a definitely seeker. seems to be a seeker. Which, actually, we do have a prediction about that that we still have as pending that we should probably mark as yeah. false. I mean, at this point. Or seemingly false, if you really want to, but it's it's almost definitely false. Okay, do you want to talk about the last Yeah, pair? so the final pair are also the first pair that we're introduced to. Well, sort of. We were introduced to, to, to the, tin, the tin eye power uh, first, but um, only very briefly. So this pair let you, uh, and the, again, the pull and push terminology is a bit confusing here, but they are very clear opposites. One power lets you strengthen emotions, so specifically things like anger, suspicion. So sort of, I guess I guess you could say it, it strengthens negative emotions, or it strengthens confidence or something. Um, and that's zinc. We haven't seen too much of that. Um, but the opposite is brass, which is an alloy of copper and zinc, and it lets you calm emotions. And this we've seen a lot of, because it's the first power that, that Vin had any mastery over. Because uh, apparently she was getting a lot of brass. I guess, yeah. Somehow I, she... <laughs> I, ju- I actually just thought of that, because we get the pewter explained for little things that she's maybe burned pewter... Uh, but brass? How common is brass in that's going to be digesting? That's per- Yeah, that's particularly odd since we're told that it has to be very precise mixtures with the right ratios. Um, and that potentially, uh, you know, not burning alimantic metals before you digest them can be dangerous. Yeah, not digest, well, I, that uh, hasn't been really explained yes, in too know. much detail. Um, yeah, we in the in the the very last chapter, chapter eight, we got this warning to Vin that she that she should should burn off her metals before she goes to sleep because they can be poisonous. Which she kind of we don't on actually screen. Um, she seems to forget to do, but maybe off screen yeah. she remembers. Um, most of these metals aren't poisonous. Pewter has a bit of lead in it, so maybe it could be a little poisonous. It's brass. Uh, but brass is not poisonous as far as I know. Okay, so that that explains why she doesn't have uh, to... I'm just thinking of what she would have come in contact with that would have... I mean, brass... Like, it's, it's, it is a kind of a common thing you might find around, brass objects, but it it does seem odd Digesting? that it's... Th- it does seem odd... You know? y- well, it seems like she was only picking up very tiny traces of it. But enough to use on people. Yeah, it, it's it's curious, all right. We'll we'll have to see. Yeah. Maybe we'll get some explanations for this. Yeah, so Breeze uh, obviously uses brass. Although, actually, here's an interesting thought. Uh, Kelsier, you know, he's recruiting people with different strengths. You know, he gets Ham, who's a thug. Uh, he himself is a Tenai. He gets a Seeker. He gets a Smoker. Iron pulling and still pushing... Is kind of something he employs himself and intends to teach uh, Vin. Sure. And he has a soother. He doesn't seem to 
need anyone, you know, who's great at uh, raging, I don't know. Yeah, it's not, we, we're, we haven't really gotten a term for the zinc power to inflame emotions. I think it's been referred to as rioting at some point. Yeah, but I feel like that would be kind of useful to have a really powerful rager uh, for their team. Because part of their plan is to cause mass chaos. Yeah, you would think it would be... If you could get to someone to inflame people's anger and just start riots... Well, it seems like when they say emotions, it almost seems like they mean confidence. Like yeah, I, you can, I don't you know. Can, you can, you can sort of, you can reduce someone's confidence and make them more suggestible to you, or you can increase it and make them start fights or something. But um, like, if you could do that on a mass but if, scale, if, if, if you, but if you're making people more stubborn, it might make it difficult to persuade them to your cause, I guess. Yeah, but can't can can you imagine how useful it would be if they had? I'm going to call them a rager for now. Uh, if they had a, a rager, yeah, they should throw a massive rager. That'll that'll help them take over the kingdom. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, in the middle of Luthadale, if everyone was fighting. No, yeah, I, I, I do see what you mean. It is... I'm not sure if the the current collection of uh, team members is entirely based on their powers or more of their people that Kelsier and his mates knew. Um, yeah. The only one that it seems like was really essential was the smoker, because they have to have cover for their activities. Yeah. Um, if apart from that, it's possible that they just haven't bothered to recruit people that they'll be using later. Oh yeah, sorry. Speaking of characters, we talked about everyone except uh, Sazed. Oh, who looks like he's going to be a major enough character. Yeah. Again, in chapter eight, we're introduced to Sazed, who is a terrorist. A terrorist. We don't know too much about what that means, apart from the fact that they're considered to be very loyal to Lord Ruler, although not in Sazed's case, apparently. And they're sort of ex- incredibly formal and good at sort of yeah. So de- they're they're considered to be to make amazing servants. servants. So Sazed at the moment is just he's kind of just working for Kelsier and and for Lord Reno. Uh, but at the I, very end of the chapter, he's kind of being told that Kelsier wants him to teach Vin how to be more formal than she mm-hmm. already is. I guess we can infer that there are no. Terrasman nobles? Probably not. It they don't seem. You Although know. they don't, they don't. Actually, that's interesting. They don't quite seem to be considered ska or noble. They seem maybe to be considered terrasman. Maybe they're ska, but um, they seems like seem to be. They, they seem to be a bit own. of a cu- a bit of a cut above. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So anyway, just wanted to bring in Sazed because mm. that's pretty much everything. Yeah. Um. I suppose with regards to the medals. Um, so there are three more medals, apart from the, the eight basic medals. Uh, one of them is Atium, which we don't know anything about, apart from that it's very rare and very powerful. One of them we don't know anything about, apart from the fact that it's a higher medal, whatever that means. Which, our guess is that it's going to be gold. Yeah, it could be silver. Non-official um, prediction could right be, there. Could be, a, could be another made-up medal. And the final medal, which is known only to Kelsier and possibly the Lord Ruler, is not even named. It's just in universe. It's not named. It's it's the eleventh medal. It's now whitish. I want to put down a theory, and you can put this on the prediction list for, I guess, just part one. You you can put it in wherever. Um, but okay, we have pairs for everything. Uh, you know, 
there's the pewter and tin, bronze and copper, iron and steel, zinc and brass, presumably adium and the other higher metal. Which leads into a theory that I have on the prediction list, which is marked as pending, that there will be more uh, metals introduced later. Now, yeah, so the fact that we don't have an even number of metals suggests that if there might gonna at be least paired, be a 12th yeah. metal, if not more after that, it, it's hard, probably just a 12th metal if we do get more. Yeah. But that's that's just a theory. Uh, we'll find out later, I guess, what the 11th metal does. I guess it's possible that the 11th metal is an alloy of adium, in which case we still it could have be that there number. is gold or whatever, and then maybe an alloy of that. Um, or, or it's possible that this alloy rule doesn't apply to the higher metals. We just don't know. Yeah, so we'll we'll find out later, but at the moment, it I feel like there's probably going to be a 12th medal. So you can put that on the list. Uh, just put it down under Chapter 8, I guess. Cause I mean, that kind of is already on the list. Already, that There will be more medals. Yeah, but I want to I wanna specifically have that the 11th medal will be paired with a 12th medal. Ah, I see. Okay. Yeah, I'll put that down. Yeah. Is that everything? Yeah, I think that's everything. So, I guess... Thanks for listening. Yep, tune in next week for uh, Chapter 9, and as uh, we begin Part 2. Rebels Beneath a Sky of Ash. Yeah. Which is actually quite an interesting name. So, uh, w- one last point, actually. It seems like this book is going to be over the course of a year uh, in World, the plan that's been talked about seems like it's going to take oh, about a year. yes, they've said that they expect it to take about a year. Yes, yeah, so this first part was really only over the course of a couple of weeks. But it seems like there might be a time skip now. Yeah. Well, we put that down as a prediction? Um, I don't know. I think I think we will. I, I'll, I'll put it down as yeah, a prediction. If, yeah, if you want. Uh, so, thanks for listening. Uh, go follow us on Twitter and stuff. Yeah, our Twitter is at podyoungadult. Uh, you can also email us. Uh, it's it's podcastyoungadult at gmail dot com. Uh, you can uh, uh, lots of different podcast apps also have ways for you to give us thumbs up or reviews star and ratings. Stuff. And yeah, uh, we would love to get some reviews from you. Yeah, and you know, tell everyone that you know who enjoys Mistborn about this podcast because it's the best the best podcast about Mistborn out there. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I don't, I don't listen to podcasts much, so I don't actually know what other Mistborn podcasts there are. But I'm sure there is one because Mistborn is quite famous. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been engaging too much with the Mistborn fandom because spoilers and stuff. Yeah, wouldn't want to spoil ourselves. Yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, yeah. Okay. So. Goodbye. Thanks for listening, and tune in next episode.